You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. At St. Louis Acura, our customer-focused approach keeps earning us more inventory. As others increase their fees and take advantage of limited inventory, we keep our prices low because we remain committed to becoming better than ever and treating you as we want to be treated. We want you coming back and sending your friends and family to a veteran-owned, family-based business you can trust. Blessings for a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year from our families to yours. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. And welcome in, ho, 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 it's a Christmas edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClabesOnline.com. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. And Andy, I don't know if you can tell, but I bet my voice sounds a lot sexier today than it did uh, the last couple weeks here on the show, because Daddy's got a new microphone. Oh, did you replace your Yeti? Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the company of Klabes online has, uh, has purchased me a, a sure microphone. Oh, what, what kind of sure is it? It is. I could tell you, I have the box, uh, sitting somewhere right in front of me. Uh, but it says here, oh, wait, hold on. I can, I can tell you this way. I, I can just look up what I've downloaded on my, uh, on my computer. And because it's it's not within reach, Andy. I, I I looked and it's it's within like I it's I'd have to climb over stuff here in in the office to be able to get to uh to that. It looks like it is a Shure MV7 microphone. Oh, that's the new uh the new podcasting mic that looks like the SM7B. Oh, okay. Didn't not uh, did not know that. I, I've just done a, I've done a few test runs with it just to make sure it works and just make it sure sounds, I sound good. And I, I feel really, like I sound really really good. You do. You sound really good. Almost. You, you can see the little the little Heil logo here on my microphone. This mm, is a yeah, Heil, this is a Heil PR thirty. Is what this. Okay, one is. that sounds uh, that sounds very professional. Yeah, oh, it is. You got your little cover screen in front of it and, and everything. I'm and sitting here on an $8 table from Walmart with uh, my computer and my microphone set up on yeah. top of it. I have, I have some background music, Joe. I hear that. Probably right when the intro to our show probably has faded away and uh, that, uh, that hits. Let me just pop that down just a little bit more. There we go. There we yeah, go. So I, uh, I got yeah, this yeah. one. I got this one. Hopefully, people uh, people can hear a difference in uh, in this, and we will. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice to have. It's much lighter than the uh, than the Blue Yeti was. I'm still going to bring this Blue Yeti over to you next time I'm in the uh, Greater Edwardsville area, and drop it off and see if you can figure out what might have been wrong with it, if anything at all. It very well could have just been uh, been user error, 
and that um, you know, and, and you'll fix that, and then we'll have a uh, another microphone to uh, to use in our repertoire. What you here. need, Joe, is you know you've been here to the uh, Glen Carbon Studios, which are now green, by the way. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, that's right. You did uh, get uh, get that. We'll get into all that here in yeah, the, uh, in a second. But, but yeah, these, uh, I have the little boom arm for my microphone. Mm-hmm. And just it just makes it handy. Mm-hmm. How close? So how close is that microphone to your face? I, um, I would say yeah. it's uh, it's right here. So I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move my finger. And boom! Right there. Oh wow! It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. On, right. Do you have it on a stand or do you have it on there? It comes on a little stand. It comes on a uh, tiny little stand that uh, that folds, re retracts. Look at that thing. Look at that. Look at that. They're similar to that. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. one yeah, just comes right out and boom. There it look goes. Look at you. Yeah, you can turn that music. Down. That, that it's just coming in bits and pieces. You can't hear it that clearly. It's it's just that, little, I, I, yeah, little. I thought little that would work better. It, it it sounded nice. It sounded like we were in a nice piano lounge, but it just wasn't yeah. coming through uh, crystal clear. Not as crystal clear as my voice. Joe, I have two questions for you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, who's on the show? Today. Greg Wyshynski, the puck daddy, is on today's program talking uh, talking NHL with him, Blues, and uh, COVID restrictions and what's going to happen in the NHL over the next couple weeks before they take their uh, their um, Olympic break in late January, uh, early February. So we're going to talk with him about just all things hockey. Always fun to chat with uh, chat with him. I'm going to try and find a curling expert to get on the show. Hmm. I want to talk to. Uh, I want to talk curling. Remember when you, we used to do the Olympic minute in uh, back in the yes. day? Yes, that was a uh, that was a great, well produced segment. It really it was. I, was. I put. I, I God, when we did six to eight, I put a lot of work into some of those really stupid. I know you segments did. I know you did we, for, uh, for a little that we had. A little shit show that thing was. You really mm -hmm. put a lot of work into it. It was. I really did, and here I am, several uh, several years later, doing uh, still doing a uh, little shit show works, and uh, and and whatnot as as we roll on into uh, into twenty twenty two. My second question for you, Joe, is: What is your favorite thing to do with boneless, skinless chicken boobs? With chicken what? Chicken boobs. I I mean I don't I I guess just. Put them in the air fryer. Put them in the smoker. Why? What's uh? What are you asking for? I'm just wondering. I'm just tired of the same old, same old. I'm gonna oh. make. Some, I'm gonna make some chicken breasts after uh, we're done here tonight, and just. I don't know if I, wanna... I usually just shred it. If it's the, the chicken breast, I'll usually just uh, I'll usually cook it. Maybe sometimes in, in crock pot or or whatnot, or in the oven, and then just shred it all up. And I go shredded chicken with that. But I've been on a uh, I've been on a chicken thigh kick for quite some time now. Boy, those that, are really see. And Mrs. Yeah. one doesn't like chicken thighs. I just, I, I, I get a get a nice uh, palate of them, and I'll throw them in the smoker. I'll put a rub on it beforehand, put them in the smoker, and I'm set to go for a week. Yeah, it's good with, stuff with those, and and just cooking them in the smoker is just so easy. I just put it up to like 275, and just throw them in the smoker for about two hours, and they're done. My gas smoker needs constant attention. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I, I. I'm not good with the smoker. I know that. I know my limitations with it. I'm not trying to make a brisket or a pulled pork. I, I pretty much am down. To, I could do wings. I can do chicken thighs and I could do sausages. And Ooh, sausages. that's, that's just kind of what I stick. I'm going to put a ham in there for Christmas. Oh, wow. I'm going to do that. I feel like I need to clean the smoker a lot more than I do though. I, I feel well, like I, I need you. I think you want that flavor. That's what I that's I go back and forth with it so much. I, I do and 
<sighs> I just say I don't. Fired. You don't. I mean, you just kind of wipe it out. That's yeah. That's and that's kind of what I do. I just don't want to. I don't want to. You know, do more than I I need to and and ruin the next meal or so that I'm uh planning to make for it. So are you having the? Uh, uh, yeah. Are you having the whole Roderick family to your home on uh, Christmas? I don't know what the plans are yet. We we yeah. still haven't figured all that uh figured all that stuff out so so we will i'm just i'm just uh, gonna have a ham and you know what i'll, I'll have it, it depending on how many people are over i'll have ham sandwiches for a uh for a while so it'll I'm be going to uh to me parentals on christmas eve yeah uh, my my wife is leaving me on christmas day mm. uh, she's going with her mother and brother and uh some of his kids and uh my daughter they're going down to Branson on Christmas Day. Going to stay through like Monday or Tuesday just for a couple of days. Oh, very nice. I um, I so I we're we're getting. To, I, I you you mentioned that trip. I so the next thing that uh, that we're doing is is Super Bowl in L.A. and God willing, all of that still is planned to go on as as uh, planned right now. And then after that, down to spring training and with the adjusted schedule due to spring training based on previous years of going down there. Andy, today I, uh, I purchased tickets to the, uh, Daytona 500. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be now down that, there. Daytona, Daytona is not near Jupiter. It is not. Uh, but I have a friend who has a place near Daytona, so I am planning to go down there first and do that and then go down to spring training the following week. I really like Daytona. I was never there, been. I was never there a couple been. of years ago after a cruise. I uh, stayed at some shithole hotel but had a really, really nice pool. Great restaurants there in Daytona. Trying to clean up from whatever was going on there the previous 30 years. But uh, it was, uh, it was, I'm sure it's quite different even now, five years later. So I'm looking forward to a time where I can get back down there. Yeah, it's uh, so that's the uh, that's the plan right now. So and going well, to the 500, uh, man, that's going to be awesome. I, I've been to one race at Gateway, and I, I can, I, I know it, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tweet at me, anything like that. I, I already know Daytona will be something completely different. <laughs> and then that, and then uh, also, the thing I, wrote, I don't think I could name ten current NASCAR drivers. Uh, um, Richard Richard Petty. Kale I don't Yarborough. think the King. I don't think the King is uh, is around any, or he's around. I don't think he's racing anymore. Kale, uh, but I, I, I am very excited that the pre race entertainment is your CMT Entertainer of the Year, Luke Combs. Oh, is he really now? Yeah. So That'd I'm sure neat. he's going to be singing some South Anya down there and uh, some other stuff. Well, but I, I, I wish we were affiliated with a uh, media uh, outlet that could get us credentialed for the uh, big NASCAR uh, Sprint Cup race coming up here in uh, in St. Louis next year. I, I'm sure that uh, if you want to get credentialed for that and do some work for us here at Klaibs Online, would, we can make that happen. You know, I was, I was the... Uh, I was an official photographer and uh, beat reporter for the Edwardsville newspaper, Joe, back in the day. The intelligence, when they, sir. Yeah, for when uh, when Gateway, when it, was, when it was Gateway Raceway, Gateway International mm -hmm. Raceway. <clears throat> and they had uh, they had cart races there, and they had uh, Bush Series there, and they had drag races there. Man, it was always it was always a blast. The coolest thing ever was like uh, the cart race, which is like Indy Light. Yeah. Uh, I had... Uh, 
I have photographer credentials where I could go down inside the corners. Yeah. And stand right there and watch those cars go by. And you went and you got I, selfies with the drivers. No, 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 no. You oh. didn't do selfies back then. Uh, just uh, got a couple lessons on how to shoot cars. And I got some really, really cool shots back in the day of cars driving by right in front of me at 200 miles an hour. So, with us separated by a concrete block. Right. <laughs> and you just got to have complete trust that they are not going to uh, drive Absolutely. right into you. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a uh, that's a neat thing to go do, Joe. Yeah, so that's uh, that's in the works right now. That's the uh, that's the plan to. Oh, cool, that'd be fun. I know. I'm I'm very excited to uh, to head down there for uh, for that. To Andy, I want to talk to you. You mentioned you know the house looking different and and whatnot. Uh, everybody in uh, in your family over there in the Edwardsville area, uh, okay after uh, after last weekend. You know the actual tornado went about. God, Joe, less than 500 feet from my parents' house. So it, at first we thought it was going to come towards us because it was kind of, it was south of 270 moving directly east. And then something turned and it turned to northeast and went through the Amazon warehouse, through some farmland um, over a very lightly populated area called Sand Road. Uh, then over a sod farm, uh, hit the sod farm barn, uh, hit the house next door to my grandparents' old house. Um, all the while dropping stuff from the Amazon warehouse, uh, along the golf course and everywhere near where my parents are. But yeah, it was very, very close. My parents didn't get power back till about eight o'clock the next morning. Ooh. Joe, and as the crow flies, I'm two miles from Amazon, two miles from my, from my mom and dad. Um, we barely got anything here. It, I mean, it, it was a bad thunderstorm, but compared to what was actually happening around me, it was nothing. Jeez. Yeah. I, I drove a uh, Monday. We did the show from Munganass Alton Toyota and driving down two fifty five. saw the, uh, saw the damage that was done there. For some reason, I thought it was the one that was right off of, uh, two fifty five. Like if you're going North, I, the right. only Amazon building I had thought you know, was there was the one right to the left. I, I didn't realize there was a whole cluster of Amazon buildings in that entire area. I, I wasn't aware of that until the, uh, the storms hit, but to just see that and see that damage there, it's, it's I, just absolutely incredible. Like an idiot. I drove down there uh, Friday night uh, in between the, the two waves of storms. And first of all, 270 was closed because there were power lines down across the interstate. So there, there was just a ton of traffic on the service streets around me. And then second, the amount of emergency vehicles. Joe, I, I drove down there. I got, I got stuck in a little bit of traffic going one way, turned around, came back the other way. I was gone for maybe, I was gone maybe 45 minutes, less, a little bit less than an hour. And uh, I got down there and I'm like, holy shit, I just, I have to turn around and go back home. I said, mm -hmm. I have no business being out here right now. Just, there's way more, more important shit going on than me being out here right now. So I uh, found a little self-awareness and, and, and turned around and went back home. Yeah, I, I saw that you you did get a picture there, but I mean, I know it was really, really dark. And once the, uh, once the sun came up and you were able to see the extensive damage there, it was, it was just shocking to see how, how much was taken 
away and uh, the the lives that were lost there and and also uh, just throughout the path of the storm and just how long the damage went across and and the damage it did to Mayfield, Kentucky. It's just it's, oh my it's incredible to, God, to I was see. Watching, I was watching one of the one of the national news presentations on uh, on Monday, and I they they started talking about people from, who died in the Edwardsville uh, warehouse. And I had to hold back tears, man. It's just, it's just so, so unbelievable and, and, and incredibly sad. And then to see the devastation through Bowling Green, Kentucky, and and, and Maysfield, Kentucky, just un, unbelievable, unbelievable stuff, man. Oh, I'd say, uh, yeah, I've seen a list of places if you're looking to uh, to help donate and look to to help out uh, across the uh, across the area. There, there are lists available. Just make sure you know you're sent into a reputable person um yeah. as you uh as you make donations because there are uh you know what some people suck and there are uh there are people out there that are uh just bad bad people trying to uh make make money off of a uh, tragedy so, so i'm gonna tell just, a real quick story about it about about a donation um a uh a vendor of mine actually the guy helping me redesign my my software my my uh, day job uh, i told him about what was happening he goes like, yeah, I saw that on the news, but I figured it was just the Amazon warehouse just southeast of Chicago. Again, just a mentality that Chicago people have that really nothing exists. Right. Chicago. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it was, oof. as we said, thoughts and prayers go out to, uh, to all of those there. And uh, um, you can. You could find a uh, find a list of places to make those donations where you can help out uh, multiple places online. Make sure that you don't get uh, make sure you're sending it to the the people where it'll get into the right hands. Hey, uh, before we continue on, just want to let you know, Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota title sponsors here of Weekend Joe. They're getting some cars in, some new cars. Those 2022s are coming in and they are getting sold very fast. So uh, make sure. You reach out to the folks at Munganass Alton Toyota, Munganass St. Louis Acura. If you are in the market for a brand new car, plenty of used cars out there on the lot too. And I can't tell you how much Jamie emphasizes every time I see him. They are buying cars. They are buying cars and they want to buy your car. I don't know what kind of car you have, but I can tell you that they want to buy it out at Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Uh, go to either location or give them a call and uh, tell them what you have. Ask them what they're, uh, what they're looking for and uh, get, a, uh, get a new car to kick off the new year of 2022. Andy, I got bored the, uh, the other day and it's been something, an idea that I've had a few times here and there. And I finally decided I, I created a second Instagram account over the, uh, this, uh, this past week. Um, it's going to be, I, I want this one to go viral. This is part of my never ending, uh, stop my never ending journey to become an influencer. Uh, it's just going to be all food related posts. Okay. Yeah. Joe Rod loves Joe food. Rod eats. Joe Rod loves food. Joe Rod loves food. Yeah. <clears throat> what, uh, I, I, I followed it. Yeah. I've only posted, I mean, I posted whatever the picture is like the profile picture, I, I then I decided, okay, I need a good first post here. So I posted all of my nacho food, uh, my helmet food from the uh, from ballparks this past season. And then I was at Sam's the other day and I saw a pound and a half of a Reese's peanut butter cup and I, I posted a picture of that. It would have been better of you eating it, Andy. I 
I, I so I, the it's counterproductive really for me right now needing to be on this back on this huge health kick because ever since I really ever since the triathlon I have uh, I, I've I've you know had some injuries come up while I was training for the marathon and after the marathon I just stopped caring and right. I've put on I've put on about fifteen pounds. You have, huh? Yeah, so I need to get whoops, back down. Whoops, whoops Daisy. Whoops Daisy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I need to knock that off. I need to get rid of that and get back. You know, back to uh, back to a good running weight uh, by February. So it's uh, but so I'll be doing that. So I'm going to be posting delicious food while also. Um, you know, while, while also trying to work out. So yeah, uh, that'll be, yeah. So <laughs> it'll be, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this works out for me over the next, uh, next few weeks, months, whatever to, uh, to drop all this that I've, I've recently well, put on. You absolutely get a t-shirt that has, uh, Joe Rod loves food on it and wear that to like media night coming up here in February, man. I, I I do need I'm going to be in L.A. So I probably will once again wear the, the <laughs> I love STL shirt to media night. I meant to ask you if that was going to come back out. I was going to wait until we got a little bit closer with that shirt. But Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wore it. it so was. in Miami. So the, that shirt made its debut. And I have two shirts. I have a black shirt and a white shirt. Right. And that shirt made its debut at the Atlanta Super Bowl. The Rams were in. Right. And then I wore it again to Miami just the day to check in. Just on the day that I checked in, I wore that shirt. Uh, and it didn't get as much reaction as it did in Atlanta. Right. If you remember in Atlanta, I mean, that thing went viral there. Not only not only from just, you know, the picture I took with Demoff, but I believe it was Albert Breer that, <laughs> that took a picture of me wearing it. Yes. <laughs> and posted it on his social media. And I, rem- I mean, I remember it was a pretty big deal there for a minute. It, it I mean, it made <laughs> Frank and Martin both put it on their newscast. <laughs> That's hilarious and awesome. <laughs> uh, that That's one of those things. I mean, it really, it's one of those things where you put it out there and you go, eh, let's, Let's just do this and be stupid. <laughs> and the I next thing you know. I guarantee people remember that. <laughs> and I, and then the next thing you know, I got Frank and Martin both texting me, asking if they could put it on the news. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I think that's a lot of people that come into the gym. I think that was their big reveal to them that, oh, Joe does more than just works the front desk here at the gym. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because then, like, the next day, the, the girl that I work with, <laughs> she's texting me, and she's like, so many people have come in here today asking about you and just now learning what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Which has happened again recently because I have been making daily videos for the uh, for the gym. Oh for yeah. The, uh, I, yes, every single day, and we have man, we find a way to make them dumber every day. Where do you post them? On the East Belleville YMCA Facebook page. Okay. 
And give me, and, give, me give me an example of some kind of content you're you're posting. Uh, one of the first ones we did was just to thank people for donating to our coat drive that we had. Okay. And nice. instead of just standing there in front of a rack of coats saying, hey, we got a lot of coats. Thank you. I decided to see how many of the coats I could put on at once. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that we've recently did a uh, 12 days of Christmas challenge uh, to, to give away a free membership. And uh, for uh, for six geese a lane, we uh, we went over to the Swick campus to the lake there and found the geese ah. at, <laughs> and shot it in front of the geese. <laughs> That's really stupid, but I like so it. I'm doing I like, these. I like stupid stuff. So I'm doing these. And, you know, we're doing them in the lobby or in front of other people as we're, as we're doing these. And I've had people make comments like, man, you, it really sounds like you know what you're doing with that. Like, man, you really sound like you, uh, you know, you've done this before. And that's where I kind of just, I, I don't want to sound like, oh, you don't know who I am type of thing. It's just like, oh, you... Like this isn't my real job. Like <laughs> working here isn't isn't what I do for a living. Like I'm not paying a mortgage <laughs> because I'm working you here. Say, well, you know, I have a degree in communications. You know, I and I it's a way it's a way to have. inform people that hey, yeah, there's a website that I I, I talk on. I, I was in radio for 11 years, right. type thing. So well, it's, like, it's I watch. It's, I mean, like when you watch YouTube, and there are absolutely guys that you can tell that are trained and know how to talk to people through a camera or on a microphone mm -hmm. and then there's not and right i have a little bit of training on it i feel like oh just over the years i've kind of picked up a lot on what works mm -hmm. and what doesn't work um because i was i mean i was a mass comm major for three years yeah three years, that, three, years three years something like that the the fun part recently so i I, there are people there that also it's not just me doing this and coming up with all the ideas like there, there's a handful of us that are coming up with ideas every day on what to do and when we uh so when we do this though i get an idea in my head and there's some days where i'll talk about this and that and then there's other days where i'm like you know what i got this let's hit, just hit record and we'll uh we'll go and when we do it on those days, my number one goal is to try to make the girl in front of the uh, recording on her phone. I try, to say, I try to see if I can make her pop, you know, get her to laugh. And to the point where we have to stop and reshoot the whole thing. So yeah, if you're interested in seeing just search East Belleville YMCA. They're, they're all there. And we started doing these, I think it was November 1st. And at first they started off somewhat serious. And then they immediately went to seeing just how ridiculous we could be uh, with them. So go go check it out there. East Belleville YMCA Facebook page. If you're, Are you, are you getting lots YMCA. of views? The, so... It's, I mean, it's a, it's a neighborhood gym Facebook page. So right. you were, it's, you know, getting a couple hundred every day, yeah. which is a lot more than it was ever getting before Right. to where my, my boss then uh, has wanted corporate has wanted the entire, like, you know, the big corporate office to look at these and see what we're doing because our engagement has been so 
you know, so much higher than it ever has been and so much higher than all the other gyms in the, uh, in the district. So he, he wants, he he's wanting them to follow suit with us and do what we're doing. And I'm all for it. He's a, he's a big hype man of mine. Uh, he's, he, he loves these videos and he's only rejected. I think it was two of them that we wanted to do. He's only told us that, no, we can't do that. It was too, it was too ridiculous. So it what's, was, what's, uh, hey, you can't leave me hanging. What's one that got rejected? Uh, we broke something. Um, oh no, kind of on purpose. Like we knew it was going to happen. Uh, just, I mean, we, we hung a picture frame knowing it was going to fall at some point during the recording. And I, I did, I played it off as if nothing at all happened in the background, even though you could see it fall and hear it shatter. Yeah. <laughs> and he just was like, no, you can't do that. But the day we found out that he told corporate about it was the uh, the day I made an 069 joke talking about senior bingo that we were holding. So that was a uh, that was a great day to introduce it to the uh, to the corporate office. The 069 joke. You're so he, just, he comes in, he's like, yeah, he goes, I just told corporate they need to start watching these videos. And me and the two other people look at each other like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, not a not a good day for uh for that. All right, hey, how about we get into some sports stuff? I, I think the only oh, sports yeah. thing we actually talked about was the uh, was the Daytona 500. I mentioned Greg Wyshynski coming up after uh, in our in our second segment with the uh, with the interview. You could see that on the on the timestamp of when uh, the Puck Daddy interview begins, and you can fast forward to that if you feel so inclined to do so. You know the drill for uh, for that. But the NFL this uh, this this past week, just the the amount of stuff. I mean, first of all, the COVID cases on the rise throughout all the sports. I'll, I'll talk with Wyshynski about that in the NHL. But you've seen the Bulls; they've had to postpone two games. You you're seeing the NFL have an awful lot of issues there as these cases are on the rise, and the, the players, the teams needing to go out and get the booster shots. For uh, for this, I think you're going to see some of these leagues either start to shut down. I mean, I know the Toronto Maple Leafs announced that they were going to go to 50% uh, capacity, which I don't know how that's going to work when they've sold 100% of the tickets. Right. How do you pick and choose who gets to go to the games? Lottery. Random and that's, that's, uh, that's not going to work. Nope. It's not going to work. I... I... I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I hope we don't get there here in, in the States. And I just, I cannot imagine an NFL team down the stretch here with three weeks left telling half their fans they can't come to a game even though they've bought tickets. Yeah, I would say that you do have to go either all or nothing would be the, uh, would be the appropriate way to go. So, I, this is something that, I mean, we could sit here and we could spew opinions about it, but I think it's better to just kind of wait and see how it plays oh, out. No over upside. The, uh, no, it's, yeah, it, it's really There's just no upside. So that's a, that's something to watch. And then the NBA, I mean, the Bulls, the Bulls and the Blues uh, have just been hit so hard, but now you're seeing all these NFL teams getting hit real hard. And you're also, I mean, for, for betting purposes, for financial purposes, you're getting into the uh, nitty gritty of uh, fantasy football playoffs with this too. Yep. So it's uh yeah there there are a lot of people that are going to be paying very close attention to the NFL over the next few weeks and see how they uh, they handle things 
as as this happens, but still, still somehow all of this happening, COVID cases through the roof in the NFL, you have uh, just, you have issues like that. And yet Urban Meyer continues to make headlines each and every week by doing more and more stupid things. Earlier in the week, it was the fact that he would call out assistant coaches in meetings and tell them they've never accomplished anything and he's better than them. And then Josh Lambeau, the former kicker, comes out today in an article that says that Urban Meyer once kicked him in, in practice. Oh, my God. Yes. He kicked him. <laughs> he just uh, he kicked the guy and he said to him, make your fucking field goals. <laughs> I mean, it is just beyond it's hey, he goes, hey, dipshit, make your effing kicks. And kicked him. And he said, don't kick me. And his response was, I'm the head ball coach. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> That's not a response. <laughs> no, it's not. You can't say that. Nope. It's, it, it is just unreal that he has not been fired yet from that job. So... I don't know how he, he has continues to make headlines. I think my favorite thing that has happened in the NFL this week, I don't know if you saw this, but they announced that they have international, I, I, I guess, international home teams or home, the uh, home they, they have, they have awarded, or I guess they have gone out and they have labeled which franchises are going to be represented in other countries. The international home marketing area teams. For example, Canada. The NFL decided today that Canada's teams are going to be the Vikings and the Seahawks. Not Toronto. Not the Bills, who have played games in Toronto. Right. And I think Josh Allen could throw a football from Buffalo to Toronto. But the Buffalo Bills, not one of Canada's teams. So if you live in Canada, you're you're not allowed to cheer for the Bills anymore. Andy, if you live in Brazil, you now have to be a Miami Dolphins fan. Oh wow. Yeah. If you're in Spain, you have a choice. The Bears or the Dolphins. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Chinese and the Australians, they get the Rams. Bears, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Jets, and the 49ers. Oh, what about the Rams? The Rams. No, no, you know, the Rams. No, were, not the Rams. I know. When they were here, but when they were here, I mean, they were going to become London's team, and people from London were going to come here to watch the Rams. That was the plan. I see so many Londoners walking around downtown St. Louis. They, they, they said, you know what? We need to go on holiday. Yep. And we need to, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go on holiday and we are going to do so in St. Louis. Oh, where is the bloody Rams team? Oh, <laughs> I just, I, it, so, I mean, it's weird that there are several teams that are not given any international, like the Steelers aren't on here. The Giants aren't on here. Oh, the Niners on there. I didn't hear, I didn't, the Niners, the Niners get the UK. Oh, the UK. They, they, I mean, you could have given them China. 
Are the Jaguars in the UK? The Jaguars are in the UK. It's <sighs> so odd that they are that they're doing this. And the so- reason for it is they as they're going on here, they want to spread the game internationally. So now these teams can go into these markets and I guess they, they are supposed to go in these markets and try to build fan bases. So by you notice they, like, yeah, you notice they didn't have what, but I, I guess maybe they'll have to start playing some games there. Well, that'll make the season ticket holders really happy there in those. Home right. Cities. Oh, they they want they, yeah the initiative enables NFL teams to develop meaningful direct relationships with NFL fans abroad, driving fan growth and avi- uh, and avidity globally. They're not interested. They're not interested. No, they watch soccer. I mean, they yeah. go. And that's the thing. Like they go when they ha- when you give them two games, like they'll go there. Yeah, they'll go and they'll check out the spectacle of it. But I mean. Granted, NFL Europe was not the the best of the best uh, talent pool. Right. And so, I mean, that makes it a little lackluster. But, I mean, there's a reason that, that failed. Not failed, just, you know, shut down operations. Yeah. They don't. They don't the care. whole thing is just very confusing. They don't care. Just give it up. Pretty much. I know you want to be a worldwide powerhouse you're not gonna be just live within your means within within the united states keep being you know the nfl here in 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 this country and you're already making trillions of dollars Mm -hmm. trillions of dollars yeah they that 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 group exhausts me man they they absolutely (laughs) effing exhaust me we uh yeah. Speaking of the NFL, right. though, and I'm yeah. exhausted with my picks too, Joe. It's time to hit the music. Uh, you're exhausted with your picks. How about mine? I went 0 and 4 last week. Yeah, exhausted. 0 and 4 last week, which means I've dropped the second place. Brian Hoffman is now in first with our football picks, brought to you by Kevin Miller, Caldwell Banker, Gundaker. And Triken Consulting, T-R-I-K-E-N, Triken Consulting, the, uh, the the sponsor of our NFL picks, our football picks, each and every week here on Weekend Joe. And hey, the uh, Triken Consult, just uh, let you know, they... Uh, if you're looking, if you're looking at hire, if you're a business that is looking to hire a new employee, a Triken, the leading pre-employment background investigation company in the Metro St. Louis area, more than 50 years of combined experience. Uh, we all know how expensive it can be to hire a new client. Don't get it wrong. Make sure that you have the right person for the job. Make sure that their background comes out clean with Triken Consulting. They, uh, they work for more than 25 government agencies throughout the area. 15 law firms assist them with investigations, public, private, and government sectors. All uh, use Triken Consulting. That's T-R-I-K-E-N dot net. I have not seen Dr. Thomas Trice this weekend. I will try to avoid him after going 0-4 
last week with the picks. But me, Claves, Frank, and Howard all tied at 35 and 36. Andy, you're 34 and 37. Ben Boyd still back there at 32 and 39. We were all very poor last week in our picks. Did I go so two, here we go. Did I go two and two last week, Joe, or one and yes, three? Yes, which was, which was, I mean, the, the best I believe was two and two. I don't think anybody got more than two games right. Okay. Yeah, everybody, that, that was the most, was two games right. Because you were the only one that picked the Browns last week to win. I know I was. So let's start I off with, let's start off with, the Raiders and the Browns. That's our first game. Four NFL games in this week. We'll get back into the college mix um, when uh, when we come back for the uh, for the New Year, uh, the New Year's Eve show. Andy, Raiders, Browns, who you got? Uh, the score here will depend on how the Browns offense performs on the day, but this is too big of a game for a wilting Raiders team just trying to crawl to the end of the season on damage control. Miles Garrett and company will be a nightmare for Derek Carr and his lacking group of talent offensively, resulting in another slow day for the Raiders on the scoreboard. I go with your Cleveland Browns. Andy, I'm going Raiders here. The Browns, they, they had a big win last week over the Ravens. It seems like every time they have a big win, they seem to uh, they seem to take a step back. I also question whether or not Baker Mayfield will be available this week. That'll be huge for the uh, for the Browns. I am going Raiders. Frank, Brian, Ben, Howard, they have all gone with the Browns. I don't have Claves' picks just uh, just yet. Uh, Claves was that he was following uh, Seth Curry around this past week. He was uh, went to see him in Indianapolis. He didn't break the record there. So Claves just uh, jumped on a plane and went to uh, New York City and went to Madison Square Garden to watch uh, watch Steph Curry there break the record the other night. Now he's heading down to a game in, uh, I believe, SIU Carbondale uh, that he told a friend he would go to. So it's three basketball games in three nights for uh, for Klaibs. Oh, wow. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday due to TMA Live on Thursday. Next up, the Patriots at the Colts. Andy, the Patriots' hottest team in all of the NFL. So far, Frank's the only one that's going with the Colts in this one. I'm going Patriots. They're hot. I just, even though they're going on the road, man, do you remember when Patriots at Colts used to mean something in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This used to be their primetime CBS or your Sunday night game of the week. Yeah, absolutely. In several AFC AFC championship games, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, Joe, have found a gem in Mac Jones. And he's landed in an ideal circumstance for a rookie QB. Going from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick is pretty much as good as it gets. He threw three passes in their last win. And Jones has, reveled, Jones has reveled in the opportunity to start for the Patriots since he took over Cam Newton. Carson Wentz has also returned to form after reuniting with Frank Reich in Indianapolis this season. If anybody was going to revive Wentz, it was going to be Reich, who's been a QB coach for a long time and was Wentz's offensive coordinator the year they won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Joe, I'm going to go with your Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Uh, This game, by the way, this game, the Raiders and Browns and the Patriots Colts, these are both Saturday night games, or Saturday games, 3.30 and 7.20. Yeah. I love Saturday NFL football. 
I, when we get to that point in the season, it's awesome because it just yep. you have games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's it, it's just great. So those two games are Saturday. I don't know when they move them or when they put them there because I don't think they do it right away, do they? I think they wait and then they'll move games to a Saturday. I think that's. I think that's sure. Don't quote right. me on that. I'm not sure either. I've never really examined that far. Next up, we move to Sunday games. Titans at Steelers. I'm, I'm, I'm so torn on this. Uh, Titans nine and four. Steelers six six and one. Frank, Hoff, Ben, Howard. They're all going with the Titans. I so badly want to pick the Steelers here, but it's to the point now where I just don't trust Big Ben to do anything. I feel like he could either get me thirty fantasy points or negative two. Joe, uh, Big Ben looked like he was having his uh, last NFL game ever last in his last start against Minnesota. Uh, one has to figure head coach Mike Tomlin will get the Steelers' defense well solved ahead of this game, especially knowing full well Tennessee doesn't currently have the offensive firepower as the Vikings do. But the Titans' key to the game have to focus on frustrating on frustrating Roethlisberger in the pass rush department while also cutting down on just how much rookie running back Najee Harris impacts the Pittsburgh offense. If Tennessee does both well enough, it'll be a win in week 15. Still, that could be challenging enough for the road squad in this case, particularly against the desperate Steelers team, which unfortunately leads to a tough prediction in favor of a Tennessee road loss in this one as the Titans fall to 9-5. and five. Joe, I'm going to go uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. You're the only one going that way. You are the uh, you're the only one going that do, way. I have to do something. Uh, and then finally, the uh, the fourth game on our list here. It's Bengals at Broncos. This one we uh, so far have a little bit of a split in uh, in this. Uh, Frank going Bengals. Hoff, Ben, and Howard Richards all going Broncos. I'm going Bengals. I'm going with Joe Burrow. I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, the Bengals to win on the road in Mile High. Uh, Joe, I can't find any verbiage that fast. I'm gonna go uh, Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> so we're tied three three. We're split three three in that one. That could go a long way with the uh, with, with how the standings end up shaking out for. So our I'm either picks. gonna I'm either gonna drop below Ben Boyd or I'm gonna skyrocket to the top. One of the two. Okay, we will uh, we'll talk about it on Monday's Lunch with Claves and Joe this uh, this week. That was our picks brought to you by Triken Consulting and Kevin Miller, Caldwell Banker Gundaker. You uh, can, uh, again, triken.net is the website there. Smart Move STL, or hey, you know what? Kevin Miller's an easy guy to find over on Facebook, and he's always on there posting, too, when he's not out there selling homes. Again, with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, Kevin Miller, sponsor of our picks each and every week here on Weekend Joe. We will uh, take a break when we come back. Greg Wyshynski on the other side of things here as we have been driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here for the first 50 minutes or so of the show today. Greg Wyshynski. Then we come back and we got some crack slippers for you right here on Weekend Joe. Once again, driven Munganass St. Louis Acura. It is ClaybsOnline.com.
This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Hey, welcome back in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. Time now to talk a little blues hockey and just NHL in general, because like every other sport, uh, things are just getting crazier and crazier. So now we welcome in, he is the uh, the former puck daddy, now with ESPN, <laughs> Greg Wyszynski. What's going on, Greg? How's it been? Uh, how's it going? It's been going good, man. I mean, rights living the rights holder life uh, <laughs> and uh, and having a good time doing it. I mean, it's amazing when you can go from basically like uh, 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 four friends at a company uh, that all love hockey and cover it on a daily basis to like 140. Um, so it's been pretty fun to see. As you watch the the growth now of hockey with the new TV deals this season so far as we're, what, two, two and a half months into it, how how different does it look compared to uh, previous seasons? Huh. I mean, personally, I think it's a hell of a lot better. Uh, but that's just like my uh, my bias, uh, inherent bias. No, I uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, well, first of all, um, it's been really exciting uh, as a guy who's been at ESPN for four years, but then also someone who's been a hockey fan all his life, to see what coverage of the game looks like when my company throws its its resources behind it. Not only in the innovation that you see in the broadcasts, but in, you know, getting the great people to cover the game, like Ray Ferraro, who I'm so excited is, is part of the family. Um, and and then, you know, developing all the programming that we've developed, like The Point, our Thursday show, which is an hour-long hockey show, which we've never had in the U.S. before on a weekly basis on a, on a major network. So seeing that has been exhilarating, but, but more to the point, and I've always said this, just having hockey in two places is exhilarating. It, it, it's, it never made sense to me. And this is not a, a knock on NBC's coverage or anything, but it never made sense to me to have a monolithic television contract where it's all on one station. Um, and then occasionally on, you know, the regular NBC for, for certain events never made sense to me. Like we should be trying to reach new audiences and broader audiences. And so the fact that, like, if you're watching AEW wrestling, the next thing you see is an NHL game on TNT. And if you're watching, you know, our, our sports center or college basketball coverage, whatever, it'll then lead into the NHL. And so you're, you're giving these new audiences a taste of what the product is. And hopefully they stick around and, and find something they like. And it, it's such an exciting time uh, to be a U.S. hockey fan because of all these opportunities to broaden the tent, which is what we should always be striving to do as hockey fans. I, I was just about to bring up the uh, the wrestling thing, the AEW thing, because you're, you're talking about the Turner uh, side, the ESPN and the Turner side of the new TV deal. Because right now, I don't know what the what the center of the hockey and wrestling Venn diagram looks like. I don't know how <laughs> big that, that is. But for, for somebody like you and I, it's very easy to see that right now, with the way the deal is, is that they're showing a lot of West Coast games. And for those that don't know, AEW is moving to TBS in the new year, 
And that's probably going to open up a lot of East Coast games. And I can't imagine what the ratings boost is going to be for hockey fans on, on Turner once uh, once that happens. And I don't know if that's really well known right now. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And I think that Venn diagram is like, it's like hockey and then wrestling and then like Chris Jericho and the goon <laughs> are in the middle <laughs> the goon, for those who may not know, it was a, an actual back when the WWF would create wrestlers based on occupations like uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, who was a wrestling garbage man, and Sparky Plug, who was a wrestling NASCAR driver. The goon was a wrestling hockey player whose um, wrestling boots were actually fashioned to look like skates. Um, and he would, you know, you would hit people with sticks and stuff, and it didn't really last all that long. But uh, but they tried it. I, I think as we as this has really gone off the rails in a hurry. I really think that as far as professional wrestlers go, I think that there's a lot of them that are huge hockey fans, maybe more than any sport. When you look at the amount of wrestlers that are based in Nashville that are big fans, the amount of wrestlers that have been based down in Florida that have the the lightning down there or, and uh, that, that have hockey down there. And then you look at the stars that you mentioned Jericho, but look at some of the other ones that are Canadian that, yeah. that have a love of hockey is Sammy Zane, mm-hmm. a Kevin Owens. Uh, and then, you know, we're, we're celebrating today is the 16th. It's Brody Lee's birthday. I know he was a huge hockey fan uh, too, a huge penguins fan, I, I believe. So there, there is a huge amount of wrestling fandom, I think just in the locker rooms for the, uh, for the companies. Well, hell, Bret Hart owned a team. There was the Calgary Hitmen. They wore pink. I mean, there's a, there's a long legacy here of uh, of hockey wrestling. By the way, for, for those who don't know, one of the biggest wrestling fans in the National Hockey League is actually Bruce Boudreaux, the head coach now of the Vancouver Canucks. He and I have uh, spent many mo- moments uh, after a practice talking about, you know, Ric Flair or the Stampede territory or things like that. He is an old school wrestling guy. I don't know how, how hippie is to the current product, but, but was a guy who uh, I bonded with over a mutual admiration for, uh, for the, the squared circle as it were. Before we move on, do you think Brock Lesnar can, I can skate? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the thing about the thing about wrestlers and, and, and hockey was always the, the notion of, could you put the biggest wrestler and make him a goalie? Kind of like that sumo wrestler uh, yes. test that one of those like, Mythbuster show did did once. Like, could you take, you know, in his heyday, King Kong Bundy or somebody and make him into a goaltender? And I don't know, I don't know if they would necessarily have the mobility. I'll tell you who would have had the mobility. Um, uh, Vader would have had the mobility, and maybe uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, the guy who weighed probably like three fifty and then could do cartwheels, probably had the mobility to be a goaltender and the girth. Yeah, it's all about the skating that would that would probably do them in and being able to just stand there, especially for a goalie being able to stand there on skates. Yeah, goalies have to be pretty good skaters. It's kind of an underrated part of the uh of the uh, of, of 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 the position. Um if you talk to goalie coaches, they'll talk about the ability to, you know, move quickly across the crease and and what their pushes and things like that. It's one of the reasons why I loved uh albeit briefly the uh goalie races that they used to have in the skills competition for a couple of seasons. Like I'm all about trying to educate people to understand the athleticism inherent in playing goalie in this league. And it's not just like find a guy that fits the chest protector <laughs> and can drop down occasionally uh, to block a shot. It is, it is an amazingly athletic position and I wish there was more done to um, 
really kind of highlight the athleticism of those guys. So let's talk goalies and let's get into the uh, the St. Louis Blues, who we're seeing now. We're seeing in the NFL, we're seeing in the NBA and the NHL, we're seeing all these teams get hit with the new variant of uh, of COVID-19. And you're seeing the teams in Canada kind of are already announcing they're going to go 50% uh, capacity in some of the arenas. But the Blues have been just struggling for the entire month of December right now. Jordan Bennington's been out, but I think he was just uh, taken off the COVID list. Charlie Lindgren, though, has has come on along with a uh, the emergency backup. Goal. It's, it's just been a mess here in St. Louis. But it seems like Craig Berube has handled things really, really well over the last uh, two, two and a half weeks here here with the Blues. Yeah, I mean, get a goalie with sideburns, I guess, is probably the, the, first, uh, the first trick uh, to, to, to maintaining your success. But yeah, the, the fact that they've been able to kind of navigate through this as well as they have and pick up victories and pick up points um has been pretty remarkable considering what their lineup is missing and ruby's an interesting case you know i've, I've uh, traveled a bit um in the last few weeks including to the board of governors meeting in uh, in florida and there was a perception of of maybe his tenure being a little bit tenuous in st louis like if things didn't go a certain way he kind of had his run maybe they go with a different voice that type of thing but um if there's one constant with him as head coach, it's been his ability to get his team through adversity, right? Like we think about the cup run and the incredible, maybe the best virtue that team had of forgetting about the, the problems they had in previous games or the miscarriages of justice they had in previous games and just kind of push forward, you know, and, and keep winning and, and keep playing with the way they play. And I think that that's a virtue that you could even see in this season now, where it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. It doesn't matter who's out of the lineup. It doesn't matter if they're banged up or if they have COVID or, you know, you know when they're coming back. You don't know when they're coming back. Just put your head down and play the way we know we can play and get results. And, and for the most part, he's been able to get that out of this team, despite having a real piecemeal lineup at times. And they, and, you know, in doing so, you look at some of the other adversity that happened before the season started with Vladimir Tarasenko just the other night, three more points for him. And it, the rumblings have still been there about him not wanting to be in St. Louis. And, and maybe by the time the season's over with, he's on the move, but it doesn't seem to be affecting his play. Have you heard anything or what's your view on where he finishes the season? Yeah, no, the last thing I heard was before the season. And then, you know, he didn't move. And then he started playing and leading the team and scoring. <laughs> and then the team obviously has succeeded as well. So I, I feel like there's probably some sort of an ain't broke, don't fix it agreement between him and management right now. Um, I do think that the season he's having is beneficial for all parties. One of the reasons why he's still a member of the Blues is because you had teams that were hesitant about taking on his contract, not knowing what shape he was going to be and not knowing if he could stay in the lineup. I mean, my goodness, he was, he was available for the pickings and the expansion draft and didn't go. Um, so it's, it's interesting that, that things worked out the way they did, but in the, in the long run, it may work out for the best for, for everybody involved because there'll be more of a marketplace for him if he wants to leave. Um, and the blues will get a bit of better return for him. If in fact, this is, you know, a, a temporary, uh, uh, you know, peace between the two, or they decide, hey, bygones are bygones, and, and we can make this thing work. 
And we'll see now over the next few weeks as hopefully the Blues get healthier and I guess maybe get active would be the right word uh, to get off of the, the COVID list to see just how everything continues to mesh and see how they move forward. You're seeing these, you're seeing these lists grow and grow. We know that there's a, a break coming uh, in the schedule with the Olympics. Do you see anything happening before then it, with the NHL, uh, maybe stopping it a week before just to get everybody off this list and ready to restart once the Olympics are over? I mean, anything's possible. I know that that's not something they're really uh, hoping they have to do, if only because they know that they're going to have a lot of games they need to make up and then they would just be creating more that they need to make up that they might not have to postpone. Um, I think the league is is pretty happy just forging ahead and trying to reschedule these games as they come. Uh, but it, it bears, it bears uh, observing that you do have some players now, Nick Cousins of the Predators being one of them, who are saying, maybe we should shut this down for a little bit. You know, this is kind of getting out of hand. And, you know, you're seeing teams that are playing without their goaltenders. You're seeing teams that are playing without their coaches. Um, and so there are thresholds in, internally in the NHL insofar as when – they'll pull the cord and shut down a team. Uh, but some teams haven't reached that threshold of how many guys are out of the lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see if they, if they actually go and do pause the season. Cause I think there is, there's a couple things here. One, like I said, it, it's the, do we need to cancel games or postpone games that we don't necessarily feel like we need to postpone. And the other thing is, I mean, it ain't like we shut this thing down and, and, and the variants going away. I mean, this is going to be months you know, probably until the weather really warms up before we're out of the woods on this thing. And um, I don't know necessarily what good it does to shut down if we're just going to come back into the same mess that we're in right now. What is this going to end up doing to the Olympics? Uh, can you see any NHL players going to the Olympics at this point with the, the what is it, three to five weeks quarantine in place and, and all the other rules that China has uh, has put in? I think a lot will go. <laughs> really? I think many, many, many. Oh, yeah. I think many, many, many will go if given the chance. You're really dealing with two separate issues here. You're dealing with will the NHL allow them to go? And the only reason they wouldn't allow them to go because they've committed to allowing them to go in the collective bargaining agreement for this Olympics and the next one is if they have to use the Olympic break to make up some games. Now, one problem is that there isn't a lot of dates to use to make up these games. Um you look at places like Madison Square Garden and Staples Center, uh, they lost a lot of money in the last year and a half. So they've used this Olympic break to book all of the Casey Musgraves concerts and Elton John concerts. And, uh, you know, Staples Center's got three days of Super Bowl concerts with like No Doubt and Green Day. So like these places have really booked up and the availability of dates to use these arenas to uh, move games up from later in the season or, or make up games that have been postponed is uh, is going to be difficult. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But if the NHL has enough games they postpone, they say, hey, we have to use this time for the make up the games, then they have it within the agreement to say, you guys can't go. The other issue is if the players will opt not to go. And here's what you're hearing behind the scenes. You're hearing guys that are like, I don't like the, the protocols that are in place in China uh, being constricted to what is a closed loop system that can't go and see the city they have to kind of just go from the olympic village to the transportation to the arena to back again so it's not going to be your typical Olympic experience they don't like the quarantine part of it which is that if they get sick over there 
and they test positive and they have symptoms, they could be stuck in, in Beijing for what the NHLPA is telling them could be three to five weeks beyond the Olympics. That's a long time in a foreign country away from your loved ones. And you don't get paid for the time that you miss in the National Hockey League. There's a $5 million fund the IHF has for these players that lose salary because they got sick. But $5 million ain't a whole lot if you're dealing with a massive outbreak, right? So they're worried about that. That said, it's a chance to represent your country. It's a chance to try to win a medal. Um, you hear players, even the ones that are young enough to do this again in a few years, talk about it being a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the players I've talked to and, and a lot of the players that you're seeing talk about the Olympics, they get right to that line where they say, I don't know if we could do this, but only two of them so far, Robin Lehner and Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, who, by the way, has been in the Olympics and had a lot of success there, uh, have said, I'm not going to go. And even in Carlson's case, he said, probably not going to go. But a lot of the other guys have just kind of got up there being like, I don't know how we could do this. But none of them said, but I'm not going. Because at the end of the day, the draw of representing your country is that strong. And don't forget about this, too. I wrote about this in my column this week on ESPN.com. The peer pressure involved is tough. You think about, like, how many guys opted out of the bubble playoffs and how many guys opted out of last season, how many guys didn't get the vaccine. We're talking single digits, right? That's because, like, you're part of the team, and it's the hockey culture thing. And if all the guys from Team Russia are going, you don't want to be the one Russian guy that's not going. If all the guys in Team USA are like, hey, this is our best chance to beat Canada, you don't want to be the American guy being like, um, I'm just going to stay home. Like, there's a certain amount of that going on, too, and I wonder if it's going to be strong enough to overcome the doubts that they have about their safety over there. As somebody that covers the game every day for, for a living, it's stuff like this just fascinating to you that you get to write about this instead of what, what happens on the ice? Well, take a drink here. Uh, <laughs> I just went for a run before. I got into running when I moved to California for a couple of years. And uh, it's my time to listen to podcasts and go running. But it also leaves me parched because I don't take water with me when I run. Yeah. I find it to be cumbersome. It's tough. So, uh, it's tough to do. It's it really yeah. is. I used to have like a little plastic you in Southern plastic California? size. I was well, I'm back in Brooklyn now. Oh, but okay. I was in I was in San Jose for like two years. And so during the pandemic, no less, is when I'd go out and go running and stuff and kind of got into it. And uh, but I'm not like Chris Johnston from the Toronto Star who's run for like six hundred days straight or some such, but it's a nice break. It's a nice mental break. But anyway, that's why I'm parched. Um to answer your question, no, I hate it. It sucks to have to write about this. Um, it was interesting when it was a story about logistics and could they pull it off? And were, what did the players think about going to the bubble after the season shut down? And were they how are they how are they going to bring the teams back? They expanded the playoffs. Like there was a ton of really unprecedented stuff that was happening uh, two years ago. Or was it last year? Whatever the hell it was. Um, now it's like a bad rerun. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's like, we did this before. We did the, the arenas are capping capacity and the players are all testing positive. They're all leaving the lineups. And and um, it's not even like the same vibe as it was last year. 
because the NHL isn't releasing the numbers of players that are on the COVID list or who's on the COVID list. Um, it's almost like we were, we were really trying to approach the season as having gotten through it, which was probably very naive. But now that we haven't gotten through it, it's just a big bummer rather than being like really interesting insofar as like what protocols they'll do because they, they don't have an answer. I mean, that's the, that's the worst part about this. Like if it was like a, like a science fiction novel where all the scientists were running around trying to figure out what to do to get the cure and we can go play hockey games again. Like that'd be one thing. But right now it's kind of like no one really knows what to do, especially the players. Like the players are all like, we got vaccinated. You wanted us to get vaccinated. We got vaccinated. Most of us aren't getting sick. And even the NHL said the other week, the guys aren't getting severely ill like they were last season. So you talk to the, to the boys and they're just like, what do you want us to do? Like, you know, the asymptomatic guys, like you have players in this league who, by the way, are not epidemiologists who are saying, shouldn't the asymptomatic, asymptomatic guys be able to play? Uh, and that's kind of like the mindset right now. So it's it's kind of like the, the um, interesting panicky story of what will the league do was, was a couple seasons back. And now that we're in this thing again, it's sort of just like depressing that we're going to have to probably hunker down and, and figure out a way to soldier through a season that I think a lot of us were hoping would have a sense of normalcy. And with the NHL too, uh, different than every other sport is the amount of teams you have up in Canada. And it seems like Canada, I mean, we, well, we saw that they're starting to shut stuff down again. And this isn't like last year where you just had the Canadian teams just up there doing their own thing. Uh, there are players, I mean, there are teams crossing the border now every single day. And if it continues to get worse at some point, this is, it's going to become an even bigger mess. Yeah. And it's one of the things I was just talking to an executive about the other day, which is that it's, it's all become so fragmented, right? So even if we start to see some of these localities and keep in mind that like the reason the league shut down uh, when the outbreak happened wasn't because the NHL is like, we have to be proactive. It was because you had municipalities saying you can't play games. Like we're not going to allow you indoors, even the players to do this anymore. And so when that happened, they shut everything down. So you're dealing with a very fractured continent right now, insofar as how Canada handles things, how California handles things, how New York handles things versus how Texas, Florida handle things. Right. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how this whole thing plays out because, I mean, I, I don't think there will be going to be any capacity caps coming to Lightning and Panther games anytime soon. I think they might, like, add seats to Lightning and Panther games before they take them away, considering how that state's being run. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it all plays out if the NHL is going to rely on the localities to really drive the policy on all this stuff. So back to the Blues uh, with with everything that has hit them the past two and a half weeks. Is there? Can you at all give an idea of how good this team might be? I mean, they 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 will not go away. They they keep winning games. They keep getting points. Can you tell where they kind of fall in line in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think they're I think they're really good. Um, I remember when they were more. Um, at full strength, thinking to myself, uh, we really missed the boat here. I remember I had them in a, in a tier in our previews and our like contender tiers um, that right there with the Washington Capitals as being like, 
teams that won cups recently and then we just kind of forgot about it we're like all right they won like it's impossible that they'll win again you know what i mean and uh and and we slept on them a little bit like I, there were a whole lot of people picking the, i picked the caps to miss the playoffs i was very wrong about that they're very good uh the blues i picked to make the playoffs but um, I certainly didn't think that they'd be a cup contender. But at full strength, I, I, I kind of believe that we might be looking at a team that could really make a, a run of it if they can if they can all kind of click at the same time. If if Kairou continues to do what he's done um, and add that element to it, if if the acquisitions that Doug Armstrong made in the offseason continue to uh, make the difference that they've made in Saad Abusnevich, I mean, there's a lot to really like about this team. Um, it does eventually come down to whether Jordan Bennington can win in the playoffs, which hasn't happened in three years. Uh, but, uh, but you hope that he can. And, uh, and if he does, then they might be a team you really have to watch out for. Is that a whaler's cap that you're, uh, that you're rocking? This is a uh, whale bone cap. Oh. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a clothing company, I believe based in the Hamptons, but it's also like got a, a W on it, which people think that could stand for Wyshynski, which I think is very like, I don't know, like a, a little bit hubristic of me to wear a hat with my initial on it, but I think it's a cool hat too. It's all about branding. It's it's all about getting your name well, out there and yeah. It is about branding, but it also kind of makes me a little Wario adjacent, which is not necessarily what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Greg, thank you so much for uh, taking the time, talking uh, hockey, wrestling, and everything else that we've covered over the last uh, half hour or so. I really appreciate it, man, and look forward to uh, catching up down the road, uh, hopefully around playoff time. You got it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That is Greg Wyshynski, the Puck Daddy, here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, Munganass, Alton, Toyota. It's ClavesOnline.com. Hey, we are also sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. I was just at Collinsville Auto Body this, uh, this past week and, and talking to them about some of the damage, the damaged cars they've seen coming in with uh, some of the storms that we've had in the area recently. If you're still looking at getting yours worked on, Give a call to Collinsville Auto Body. Also, you know, just the weather getting bad, it's getting colder, you know, just a lot more things that make people get into accidents. And if that's happened to you, uh, regardless of what it is, give them a call at Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find the uh, the folks over there at Collinsville Auto Body. Great sponsors here of Weekend Joe. Hey, uh, we will take our final break. When we come back, it's crack slipper time as Andy and I wrap things up here on the uh, the final episode before Christmas. It is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. It's ClabesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. 
And welcome back in Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, if you're looking to rent a car during the holiday season into the winter, uh, Munganass Alton Toyota is your place to give a uh, to hit them up for a rental car. That's right. Munganass Alton Toyota rents out cars. Contact them today and find out that they have lower rates than uh, most rental uh, most rental companies. And you can uh, get find yourself in a nice new car that you might just end up wanting to buy. Uh, check them out again. It's Munganass Alton Toyota. Joe Roderick, Andy Hanselman, back here with you. Final segment. It's Crack Slipper time here on the uh, show. Might be the last Crack Slipper we do here in 2021. So we're going to make it a good one. Andy, if you will. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. And we picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick on ClaybsOnline.com. Andy, we were talking, uh, remember we talked uh, Colts Patriots during the NFL picks uh, back in the uh, the first segment of the show. And talked about how the great rivalry that the two teams had, the Colts and Patriots, when Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Patriots. Peyton Manning was quarterback of the, uh, the Colts. Andy, uh, that rivalry continues today. I don't know if you saw this. But uh, for some reason, EA Sports Madden game allowed Peyton Manning to be a ratings adjuster. Did did you oh. see this? Yeah. No. Uh, the only move that Peyton Manning made, the only thing he adjusted, was Tom Brady's overall uh, rating. No. Dropped him down to a 44 overall. <laughs> 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 I love it. That's very funny. <laughs> it, was, it was really the only thing he did. Yes. <laughs> Tom Brady was not pleased about it. He was also not pleased with comments that Tony Romo made about his uh, speed during the I, game where I he, uh, he rushed uh, several times and Tom Brady uh, went to Twitter asking for Madden to put his speed up to 99. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Tony Romo comments and then him and then Brady's rebuttal. By the way, speaking of the Manning cast, they didn't have it this past Monday. <clears throat> I, I hope they're back. I don't know if they're going to take off or I don't know what their schedule is because there's only a couple weeks left in the uh, in the season. But Andy, uh, Amazon wants to sign the Manning cast away from ESPN. Oh, I'm not shocked. So Amazon wants the Manning cast to be on Amazon Prime TV um whenever they do, they do the game so uh, that uh I, I tell you i mean it is so weird watching a regular monday night football game now when the manning cast takes a week off yes so it's yeah it's very strange uh andy did you see last weekend it was a uh it was a game between uh what was it it was a, a college basketball game Featuring a uh, young man by the name of Connor Williams. Okay. Connor Williams, who uh, played for, as I find the team here, he, oh, where was it? It was, uh, if you you haven't seen the story by now, I I don't know where you've been lately, but he um, he was on the, uh, yeah, he was on St. John Fisher. And they were playing Buffalo. Okay. Connor Williams is a big, big boy. 
Andy, he is seven feet tall. He is easily 350 pounds. Oh, wow. And the man just shoots up threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess they had him listed in high school. It's 400 pounds. I could very easily see that. If you haven't seen video of him, go check it out. Uh, dude does not score any points in the game against Buffalo. Twists his ankle, uh, tripping, running up the court. But the, he also drops dimes during the game, too. Possibly one of the best nicknames I've ever seen in the uh, in the sports world. Andy, he is known as the Vanilla Godzilla. Oh, wow. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. You, you could have been the Vanilla Godzilla, Andy. I could have. You, I, 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 the, 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 your friends in Edwardsville, when you grew up playing sports, they missed out because your friends give you the nicknames. You can't give yourself a nickname. No, my nickname was the, uh, was the hurricane. Yeah. You, that you missed out. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I don't know why I have a friend who, I guess he found Connor Williams, Max preps page. Uh huh. And he has sent me multiple people. Um, that, that Max Prep, Dondre Harris, seven feet, 380 pound defensive tackle. He was 6'10, 450 as an eighth grader. Oh my God. And then he just sent me another one, seven feet tall, 440 pounds, John Cran. And these are just oh large, large kids. I mean, these are high schoolers, these are kids. Big, big, big kids. Golly. Uh, but speaking of uh, the, these high school or colleges, not not great, you know, basketball, colleges, whatever. Uh, Drexel had a uh, had a game just this uh, just this past week where they took on Coppin State. Coppin State, I, I think they beat South Carolina when they were a 15 seed back in the uh, 90s. Yeah, that sounds, I, I can't remember that. Yeah, so uh, but you couldn't tell which team Coppin State was because they forgot their jerseys. No, they had to play Drexel in Drexel or in Drexel's practice jerseys. Oh no! Could you imagine? Could you imagine being the equipment manager and you show up to the game? All right, Johnny, where are the jerseys? Oh shit. Forgot him. Hey, what? That you had one job. Yeah, you have one job. What the hell did you pack? Warmups. Right. Why did Why didn't they just play in their warmup jerseys? They didn't have. I mean, what did they have? Just snap pants and, and t shirts. You could have put t shirt on with your basketball shorts. But they didn't have shorts. You don't have practice shorts. You're just wearing the worst. Playing your snap pants. You can't play in snap pants. Sure, you can. Guys, you ripping those opponents. Be ripping those off all game. You're a world class college athlete. Well, then you know what you do, Joe. They're snap pants. Move the snap up higher. No, you make they're, you they're make, snapping all the way up and down. You can't do it. Can't do all it. Right. All right, whatever. If I'm Drexel, I'm not letting you wear my practice jerseys. Should have just been shirts and skins. You, you figure back. out something to wear. Yeah. Go back old school. You could have figured it out. Wear something. Go go to Walmart and buy basketball shorts. Yeah. Figure it out. Or go down go down to uh, your local lids or whatever and get a bunch of Lakers jerseys or something. 
Yeah. Jeez. All right, that's going to do it for us today here on Weekend Joe. Uh, Andy, off next week uh, due to Christmas. Back the uh, following week, wrap up the year on that uh, on that final Joe, show. Joe, so we the, will. Uh, Taking a choo-choo train up to Chicago on Friday. Oh, you are? Yes. What are you going to do up the, there? Going with the whole uh, the whole damn family. Where are you going to? Uh, where are you going to go? What's uh, what's number one on the list of what you're going to do up there? I think we're going to do the tilt out windows at the uh, at the Hancock Center. How do you feel about that? I'm fine. Really? Yep. Those things aren't going anywhere. You there? Are you I'm there? here. Okay. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on it? Fine. No I thanks. I don't have your no thanks. No, no, absolutely not. You You send me uh, send me video of you doing it. That's what I want to see. Have uh, Have Kel a video of you doing it i want to see video of you tilting down and looking you know, the city of chicago so send me that uh this weekend whenever you uh whenever you get that done so have oh, fun andy have fun on the train uh hopefully no uh no stoppages along the uh along the way that'll do it for us here on weekend joey merry christmas to all of our listeners out there as we appreciate you listening in each and every week right here on it played online this has been uh, another edition of weekend joe for andy hanselman i'm joe roderick we have been driven by munganass st louis acura munganass alton toyota right here on claims online at st louis acura our customer focused approach keeps earning us more inventory as others increase their fees and take advantage of limited inventory we keep our prices low because we remain committed to becoming better than ever and treating you as we want to be treated We want you coming back and sending your friends and family to a veteran-owned, family-based business you can trust. Blessings for a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year from our families to yours. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.